Truth News Network. A politician on the campaign trail once said, we choose truth over facts. I don't need to mention any names, Joe Biden. But if you think that statement is reassuring, you're probably not going to like what happens next. Because you're in the home of blunt force truth, of conservative thought, not just talk, of facts that are truth. Welcome to TNN, the Truth News Network. And here's Dan Newman. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Hump Day. Wednesday at TNN Live, and we really thank you for joining us, making this day be part of your day. We never take it out for granted. That's a real commitment on your part, and we're thankful you do so. Whether you're listening live right now, from any point around the world, we have people that listen in from all corners of the world pretty much every day. A pocket here, a pocket there. It's kind of odd to us that we see little groups that have formed. Not because we've tried to do anything, but somebody hears the show from, let's say, Australia and some part of Australia, and they tell somebody about it, and they begin to listen in. We have a group of people, it looks like, maybe 40, 50 people in New Zealand that kind of looks like they get together, at least listen at the same time pretty much every day. Now, you think about the time difference, listening live in Auckland, New Zealand is a little bit different than listening live from, oh, say, Manhattan or Chicago or even out in the hitherlands of the Rocky Mountains. It's way, way different. It's a big commitment, and we thank you for doing that. A big show today on tap for you. Right as we speak, the Attorney General Merrick Garland is about to confront or be confronted by the U.S. Congress with a bunch of questions that are set to be asked, and I promise you the Attorney General is going to squirm a little bit. So here's what I suggest you do. One reason many of you listen is because you don't have time to go dig the news events, the important ones, and peruse through them and find the ones that are really appropriate and applicable to what you think about we should be hearing in the news. We do that for you. So what we're going to do is if there's any big, big thing that breaks during the testimony between Congress and Merrick Garland, we'll break in and tell you about it. But even if that's not the case, we are recording the entire committee hearing today and we'll pull pieces out of it, out of um, what we record out of the hearing that are the really important salient things that we feel like you need to know and hear. And then we'll have all of those for you in tomorrow's show. That's what we do here. We just make sure you have the facts. Not the pontification, not the politicization, not anybody's opinions, but the facts. We're getting away from that in America. Don't you feel that way? I mean, I feel like our leaders are just lost. If they're not lost, they're telling us they're doing the right things and showing us and guiding us through what they call the right things, it ain't working. This morning, you're going to hear from Janet Yellen, our Secretary of Treasury, that says, oh, our economy's not like most people or a lot of people think it is. It's way better than they think it is. Huh? Where in God's creation could anybody feel that way that our economy is really, really good? Not going to get into that now, but I'm telling you, it's that kind of stuff that just 
I do the old SMH thing, shake my head and disbelieve. But you know what? You get what you pay for. We have a lot of people in office that don't need to be there. And we could sit here and name names for hours. Much, much more. Also, Congressman Mike Johnson will be with us Friday morning in our first hour. We will be able to consult him about his thoughts because he'll be asking some of the questions today to Attorney General Merrick Garland. But we'll get his opinion on that and a whole bunch more on Friday morning. But in the meantime, this may be the calmest thing you hear in the next two hours. My good bunny, Michael Franks. This is an old song. You'll like it. When I saw you on the beach, I self-destructed. Well-constructed. Counterpoint of cool. In that instant I imagined us together Hardly ever Resting to refuel For forever you are all I need Perpetuates like mass production Sweet seduction Haunts me like perfume Every time we touch I feel A deeper meaning Hearts convening Palpitating tune For instance, 
prove that point of view I'm convinced our souls have searched a thousand lifetimes To find the right time Enter me and spending a lot of time in the beaches in the Caribbean and that sounds like something somebody you love you're on the beach relaxing maybe smoking a stogie but definitely drinking one of those um, umbrella drinks just taking it easy boy does that sound like fun right now oh my gosh we're fixing to head into the deep part of fall where it starts getting cold and chilly. I I like that a little bit. I don't like being really hot all the time, and I live in the south, so you're probably thinking, why in the heck are you living where you live? Well, this is home, and I love it. I can always get away from it. That's when it's beach time, late fall, in the winter. If you've not been to Cabo San Lucas in that time of year, you don't know what you're missing. That's where God came down from heaven and kissed the earth. It's perfect. Not only there, but Turks and Caicos, Marianne and I have tried them all out. Wait a minute. She hadn't tried out. Oh my gosh, I forgot. I I hadn't taken her to Cabo San Lucas with me. I've been there three times playing golf. Oh, there you go. It's playing golf. I'm joking. I'm joking, but it's true. I have been there several times without her, but never any place else where there's a beach. Our girls, both of our girls, And, of course, our son, too, Caleb. We all love the beach. And for many years, our family took beach vacations every summer at least one week. But as the grandchildren grow up and they begin their own adult lives, things just kind of filter down a little bit. So we're not gone as much as we used to be. But anywhere we are, we are still looking in on everything, the important things of life, because now we've got another generation of people in our lives. And guess what? You all know Marianne and I are grandparents. We have six grandchildren. We are about to be great-grandparents. Almost couldn't say that. Great-grandparents. That's right. I'm I'm not old enough to be a (laughs) great-grandpa. No no kid's going to call me grandpa or even great-grandpa. They'll call me Poppy. That's what our grandchildren call us. But that's all part of life. James Posey, just, uh, he weighed in. I knew if he was listening this morning, he would like that song because it talks about the beach and the sand, and he's one of those people too. 
Well, as I told you at the top of the show, moments from now, Attorney General Merrick Garland is going to be before committee in Congress. He's going to be getting grilled, as he should be. You don't need to miss any of the important matters. We are covering the entire, we're recording the entire hearing today. And later in the day, we'll pull out all of the important pieces, and tomorrow morning we'll have those. You'll hear them. And so, therefore, you don't have to listen to the two hours of the nastiness you're going to hear today because he's going to be on defense from the beginning. The only respite he'll have is when the Democrats take their turn. You know, they go one at a time, but they'll take their turn. None of them are going to ask anything contentious. They're going to tell him what a great job he's doing. (laughs) He's helping our president destroy the rule of law and the U.S. Constitution at the same time. How about that? But we'll have all that for you. And if anything brig comes out of this hearing, we're monitoring it, and I'd get a bulletin that'll be flashed on my screen pretty quickly, so we'll keep you posted on that. Meanwhile, why don't we get started? You know, all these things that you and I, most of us that are part of this family, TNN Live, Truth News Network, we don't understand when things happen that just seem absolutely stupid, we don't understand why. For instance, this social engineering thing, it's not even social engineering. It's more like uh, biological engineering that the political class have decided they're in charge of. And I'm talking about deciding what sex you are rather than just relying on that age-old thing of figuring all that out, which is based on your plumbing. You're either male or female, period. Well, that's not good enough for those on the left now. They want to break it down even further. It doesn't matter who you really are. doesn't matter who you really are based on your biology. Of course, it's who and what you think you are. After all, if you want to be a pig... You oink, and God forbid anybody tells you you're not a pig. Or if you're a guy, a girl, anybody that's human, and you decide you want to be an elephant, well, by jingos, they need to call you an elephant. That's getting normalized in society today. Go figure that. And it's gotten so nasty, so bad that governments, I'm talking about not other country governments, but state governments in the United States, state governors are going out there and they are marching with these nut jobs that think moms and dads should have no say-so whatsoever in their kids' sexual, not sexual, um, actual actually biological sex they're born, but if they want to change it, all they have to do is wave the magic wand and change it, and parents shouldn't even know about it, let alone have anything to do with it. I'm serious. But something good happened there yesterday. A federal judge has blocked California Governor Gavin Newsom's policy that bars parental notification for kids that want to transition. I don't know who these federal judges were that did it, 
I'll tell you that name in just a moment, but it is a good thing. But it's only a good start. California's politicians have gone nuts on this. And you know who's paying the price? Yeah, it's a little, and I don't want to diminish it being a problem. I started to say it's a little problem for moms and dads. No, it's not. It's a big problem for moms and dads. But it's even bigger for the kids. U.S. District Judge Roger Benitez of San Diego ruled that a California state policy that bars schools from notifying parents when their kids want to change genders violates the constitutional rights of parents. This ruling comes as Gavin and his administration are cracking down on school districts that even pass parental notification policies, which, by the way, are favored by 84% of California voters. 84% of moms and dads who are voters, they want these policies in schools passed that require parental notification to any parent who has a child that wants to change their gender. Now, if there's 84% that don't want to be left in the dark, Gavin Newsom and them are bowing to the 16%. A parent's right to make decisions concerning the care, the custody, control, and medical care of their kids is one of the oldest of the fundamental liberty interests that Americans enjoy. We all know that. This district judge, Roger Benitez, he just agreed with the reality of raising children. That means, he said, that when a school learns that a student has questioned his or her birth gender, or they've identified as transgender, it must notify the parents, even if the student doesn't want to. The judge wrote it's no different than a school's obligation to inform parents if a child suffers a life-threatening concussion during soccer practice, or is the victim of a sexual assault, or is suicidal, at least in their thinking. The parents must be informed even if the student objects. In this case, he said, the Escondido Union School District in San Diego County and the state whose regulations the district is enforcing are also violating the rights of teachers to speak to their students, parents, and their religious freedom of two teachers who said the policy conflicts with their faith. Hmm. Oh my gosh, you can't. You can't be a Christian and be a school teacher. You can't be a Christian school teacher in California that wants to abide by biblical principles and just align those with your personal positions on matters. You can't do that. This is a United States of America. We are supposed to, we being the hardcore Democrat leftist fanatical segment of our country We're the ones that are supposed to be able to make those calls solo. Well, maybe not now. The judge's ruling conflicts with that of U.S. District Judge John Mendez in Sacramento. Oh, John is who tossed a lawsuit in July against the Chico Unified School District for a policy they had against notifying parents of children's genders transitions, saying that the proper venue for the issue is to be resolved by the state legislature and not the judicial system. Can you believe that? 
politicians. That's who runs the state legislature, right? That's who makes all the rules there. This judiciary system, they don't know what they're doing or talking about. They can't make this decision. We, we're the elected people. The people elected us, so we're the ones that should have that sole right. Like, I'm going to let somebody, I don't care if you're elected, I'm going to let you tell me what to do about anything to do with my kid? I don't think so. That logic obviously was lost on Newsom and California Attorney General Rob Bonta. They sued the Chino Valley Unified School District last month over a parental notification policy that claimed that outing students violated their rights. China Valley School Board President Sonia Shaw noted at the time there was no state law barring parental notification and argued that it was a parent's fundamental right to know about life-altering treatments for children. (laughs) I don't even know why we should converse about that. That is a God-given right. It is not a state-given right. Therefore, a state cannot take it away. How do I know that? Oh my gosh. It just makes sense. Common sense. There are certain parts of being human and being a citizen of the United States of America, the most advanced country on the planet, at least I thought so for a long time. I'm beginning to question that even now. This insanity that's coming out of the left, it should scare every American to death. Do you realize how close we are? There are states today that have been for years removing children from the homes of parents that the state disagrees with about caring for those people's children. And I'm not talking about any kind of abuse at home, sexual or other. I'm not talking about taking kids out of the home for that. It's for political disagreements. These children know better than that. They have their own rights. We've got to respect their rights. After all, they're the future of America. Yeah, since when did as a seven-year-old kid know what life is supposed to be like already? This is nuts. Absolutely nuts. And it just seems like it's getting worse and worse. Oh, by the way, I just point this one thing out. Gavin Newsom thinks he's qualified to, and therefore he wants to be elected as president of the United States. You want your POTUS in D.C. telling you what you can talk to your child about and what you cannot talk to your child about? And you think that should be a law? I don't think so. The many times that Steve Baker has joined us here on our Tuesday shows, you remember he and I talking about this mystery guy named Ray Epps? Ray Epps was a guy that is, he's all over the video, those 41,000 hours of video that were taken by a bunch of different news organizations, including Steve Baker that day. This guy, Ray Epps, is there, and he's up in front of crowds. He's screaming and hollering. He's telling everybody to go into the Capitol that day. He was the first guy whose name came out about one of those who probably needed to be um, 
tackled and prosecuted for the things that he did and instigated on January 6th. But the FBI, for about a minute, they had him on their most wanted list. And then in two minutes, they took his name off and nobody heard from him at all until people like our Steve Baker started making waves and asking questions. Well, guess what? Ray Epps has been charged with the misdemeanor for his alleged role in the January 6th riot. He was filmed numerous places encouraging protesters to storm the Capitol building. He was charged Monday of this week with a misdemeanor for disorderly or disruptive conduct in a restricted building or grounds. He was charged by the U.S. Attorney's Office for D.C. Now, what's going to happen? Well, here are the facts. On or about January 6, 2021, within the District of Columbia, James Ray Epps Sr. did knowingly and with intent to impede and disrupt the orderly conduct of government business and official functions, engage in disorderly and disruptive conduct in and within such proximity to a restricted building and grounds. That's from the charging document the federal attorney used. He's being charged with a single count for violating Title 18 U.S. Code Section 1752, Part A, Section 2. And he was charged by information, and that means it suggests he's likely to plead guilty. In other words, a plea deal. Epps said in a defamation lawsuit filed against the Daily Caller co-founder Tucker Carlson that the DOJ notified him in May of this year that he was going to be charged for his alleged role in the Capitol riot. Finally, in May 2023, the DOJ notified Epps that it would seek to charge him criminally for events on January 6, 2021, two and a half years later. That's from Epps' lawsuit. Livestream footage from the 5th and 6th of January that year appear to show Epps pushing for Trump supporters to storm the Capitol the next day. Now think about that. We haven't heard anything about that, have we? His apparent role in the January 6th riot and lack of law enforcement scrutiny led to a bunch of speculation from Tucker and also Steve Baker and me here and other pundits that Epps was a federal agent. We thought he was a plant. Now, don't get all upset. The FBI does that all the time. All the time. You remember, just to kind of point something out, that uh, charade up in Michigan where a group of men had planned to kidnap Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer? Gretchen Whitmer. Anyway, that was all a sham put together by the FBI. So Epps has been profiled by Truth News Network, TNN Live, the New York Times, CBS's 60 Minutes, because of speculation that surrounds his role in that riot at the Capitol. He said in his lawsuit that he and his wife were forced to leave their Arizona home because of alleged threats and intimidation. I'm probably going to go to jail for this, he said. Tomorrow, we need to go into the Capitol. Now, Epps could be heard shouting that on the live stream. He said, I'm probably going to go to jail for this. 
Tomorrow, we need to go into the Capitol. Epps added that it should be done peacefully after protesters around him accused him of being a federal agent. In his lawsuit, Epps says his remarks were intended to prove that he was on their side so that he could de-escalate the situation. Yeah, right. The DOJ has charged more than 1,100 defendants in nearly all 50 states and D.C., 32 months since Capitol riot. That's according to an update the DOG posted September 6th. 1,100. 1,100 people. Do you think there were 1,100 people there that committed criminal acts? I don't think so either, but facts don't matter to this Department of Justice. If you just joined us, Merrick Garland, Attorney General, is appearing before Congress in testimony now, sworn testimony. We're recording it. We will also be notified immediately during this back and forth with the members of Congress. And if anything big comes out live, we'll jump to it and make sure you don't miss it. But we'll have, we'll pull out of the recorded testimony today. We'll pull out all of the salient pieces and we'll have those for you tomorrow here at TNN Live. So what else is happening? Speculation is everywhere. Is Biden going to really run for re-election? Is he going to stand in there and do it? I mean, is he really going to do it? Does he think he can even make it health-wise? Hey, he didn't think he has any issues whatsoever. I mean, after all, he is the age that he is, and everybody knows that. And when you get to be that age, you don't work even half the time. Well, the American voters, he didn't tell us that when he was running for office, did he? No, he didn't. He told us all this wonderful stuff he was going to give to us and work to get for us and to keep us safe. He was going to be the great uniter. Oh, my gosh. Has he missed out on that one? I don't think he's going to run. I really don't. I've told you this. I've predicted it. And every day I get closer and closer to making my thoughts known on who I think the Democrats will actually have at the top of their ticket next year. Who might that be? Well, here's one thought. Uh-oh, speed bumps keep popping up on President Biden's road to the White House again in 2024. More and more polling shows growing voter concern about his age, his son, the impeachment inquiry, his running mate, and their poor approval ratings. NBC News and now The Washington Post are taking note. The Post with this blaring headline, anxiety ripples through the Democratic Party over Biden. Senator Ted Cruz with this prediction of what's on tap. In August of 2024, the Democrat kingmakers jettison Joe Biden and parachute in Michelle Obama. Barack Obama is already running the Biden administration. I think he is already the puppet master. I think the odds of Michelle Obama parachuting in in August of 2024 have risen dramatically. Now that is the opinion of Texas U.S. Senator Ted Cruz. Michelle Obama, at the last minute, comes in and parachutes down to 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue to rescue the nation. 
That's one thought. I've mentioned that as a possibility. We're still not calling exactly who. We're going to wait and let things play out over the next few weeks, maybe months. But I don't see any way that Joe Biden can stand the run. I don't see any way Democrats can allow that to happen because they have lost so much of whatever credibility they had during the eight years of Barack Obama. They've lost so much of it because Americans lived through four years of Trump stuff and Trump policies that very quickly gave us a 180-degree departure from the horrible position that we were in under Obama and Biden, and many Americans didn't even realize it. They can't let him run again. They're lost, probably will lose any hope they have for an ongoing majority to control the government in perpetuity. That's what they want. And if they leave Biden there, you can kiss that goodbye, that's for sure. So we're going to take a break, but on the other side of that, going to roll out a few thoughts that Jim Jordan gave to us, talking about the questioning and the answers that need to happen in this hearing that's happening right now with Attorney General Merrick Garland. That's next. Hi, welcome to the Subway ad for the three ninety nine six inch sub of the day. How do you want it? Secret DJ set. At a retirement home? Weird. I like it. DJ sandwich in the house. What did he say? Italian BMT 399. I call the EMT. Turkey breast 399. How much? 399. Bingo! Limited time at participating shops. Prices and subs included may vary. Additional charge for extras plus tax. No additional discounts or coupons applied. We're outside Pilgrim Furniture and Mattress City where parents are disappearing. Excuse me, are your parents in there? Yeah. They can't decide if they should take no interest for 60 months with no money down or an extra $100 off every $9.99 they spend. It's a tough choice. But they've been in there for six hours. I want dinner. Parents, if you're at Pilgrim, please make a decision. Here's good news. Even with high unemployment, there's still a need for hundreds of thousands of cybersecurity professionals in the U.S. right now. And my computer career is training people to help meet the demand. No IT experience? No problem. Take the free career evaluation today at mycomputercareer.edu. Start your new life as an IT pro in as little as four months. Grants covering up to 53% of the cost are available to those who qualify. It's not rocket science. It's mycomputercareer.edu. Those in the know like to stay in the realm of innovation. Join them. It's easy to keep up with the latest trends and own the latest tech with BMW Select as it offers you the option to drive a brand new BMW every three years. You also get to tailor your deal to suit your pocket and your lifestyle. Visit select.bmw.co.za for more. BMW Select. Dynamic finance for ultimate control. BMW Financial Services is an authorized FSP and registered credit provider. T's and C's apply. Partisan spin? Not here. Identity politics? Go somewhere else. This is TNN, the Truth News Network. Here's Dan Newman. So our buddy Republican rep Jim Jordan of Ohio, he was out talking yesterday trying to figure things out, and he said that Attorney General Merrick Garland is today facing questions about the unequal application of the law. Garland's testifying right now in front of the House Judiciary Committee called 
oversight of the Department of Justice. Jordan cited both the testimony from whistleblowers Gary Shapley, Joseph Ziegler, and contradictory statements from special counsel David Weiss regarding his authority. There's a bunch of things that Merrick Garland has got to stand for and give answers today if he plans on remaining attorney general because they're after his head. Jordan said, I will say this, the whistleblower's testimony has been consistent. It stood up to four hours of cross-exam from Democrats on the Oversight Committee two months ago when Shapley and Ziegler testified in that public hearing. This is Jordan talking. The stories that have changed are the White House stories. This White House changed their story about their involvement with Hunter Biden. Quote, I was not involved with anything, no dinner, no phone calls, no meetings. That's all Biden said until just recently. And maybe more importantly, the Justice Department story changed multiple times. The DOJ story. David Weiss wrote me on June 7th. This is Jordan talking. I have full authority to determine where and when and whether to bring charges. Jordan continued. He wrote me 23 days later, said, actually, I want to change that. I can only bring charges in my U.S. Attorney's District of Delaware. And then to further confuse matters, he writes, Lindsey Graham, I have not chosen to go into special counsel. I've had discussions with the DOJ, three different stories from the same guy in 33 days about the same thing. Hunter Biden pleaded guilty to two misdemeanor tax charges and a felony gun charge. Remember that? That was after a plea bargain had been put together, announced June 20th, and it collapsed. How did it collapse? Well, when United States District Judge Mary Ellen Norieka questioned both the initial plea deal and a more limited revision during a July 26th hearing. Jordan also said that Garland would face questions about whether there was a disparity in treatment fueled by politics, citing accusations that the Justice Department had become politicized, especially in cases involving multiple indictments of former President Donald Trump, pro-life advocates, and parents, by the way, protesting at school board meetings. At the heart of all this is the unequal application of the law, the double standard. I think that's the theme. This is Jim Jordan talking. When you look at David Weiss selected as special counsel now for the Hunter Biden investigation, after he presided over all that investigation over five years and never came forward with any charges... The guy who a few years ago was looking for ways to prosecute the very people who were targeted by the Obama administration's IRS, Jack Smith, who has indicted former President Trump in two different locations. I think that's the double standard I think we want to show in this hearing that's underway right now. You know what's sad to me? None of this, none of this stuff I'm telling you about, none of it we're hearing, surprises us. It's been out there. What hasn't been out there, if there is any part of it that hasn't been out there, it's because you haven't listened to it because it's been bandied around over and over and over again. 
I don't see how Merrick Garland survives this. Will they impeach him? I think they will. I think they've got to make a change. They've got to try to keep credibility among the American people, especially their base. Conservatives aren't stupid people. Only those people on the left think conservatives are stupid. Now, there are stupid people in every political class. Don't get me wrong. I'm not a Republican, but I'm a conservative, and I'm not stupid. I know some people that I would quietly, I would never say it out loud, I think are stupid, but that doesn't have any particular political affiliation requirements. You know what I mean? There are some people that just don't have it all together. I get that. You want to know something that just blows my mind? We're so deep into election stuff, and we're well over a year away from having our next election. I don't want to be immersed in every day, 24-7, elections, polls, did you hear this? Look who's ahead. Look what happened to this camp. I don't want to go down that. I don't like election seasons for that very reason. I'm a fact-driven person. Just give me the information. You don't have to explain it to me. You don't have to put it in dumbed-down phrases for me to get it. Just give me the numbers, give me the facts, and trust me to make my own decisions. Now, a lot of people don't want to do that. They're too busy. I understand that. If you're one of those people, just be very careful where you go to get your facts. Now, I did that kind of as a disclaimer because of about what I'm about to bring to you. Fox News has put out some new power rankings. And here's what I'm going to do. I don't normally just read a story. But I'm going to read this. I haven't started reading yet, but I'm going to read it, and I'll tell you when I start, because I want you to listen to the verbiage, exactly what Fox News says underneath this story headline. Quote, Fox News Power Rankings, the 2024 GOP presidential frontrunner, challengers, and second-place candidates. So keep that in your mind, and I'm going to start reading. Here we go. Following an explosive first debate and with one week to go until the second, the Republican presidential candidates are getting more vocal about an important divide within their party. No one has been clearer than former Vice President Mike Pence, who delivered a speech this month in New Hampshire called Populism versus Conservatism, Republicans' time for choosing. Pence is peaking up on a nearly even, an even split. Split between these philosophies among the highly ranked presidential candidates. Most Republican primary voters, however, are choosing populist candidates and ideas. And that has important implications for the direction of this race. What do populism and conservatism mean in this race? And again, this is coming verbatim from Fox News story posted just minutes ago. Okay, here we go. I continue. Quote, 
First, let's build a working definition of populism and conservatism. The difference between the two shows up when candidates talk about three themes on the trail, foreign policy, spending and role of government, and trust in institutions. And then in the story, Fox breaks it down, and I'm going to break it down with you. One, foreign policy. Quote, the populist candidates say they don't want America to be the world's policeman and are skeptical about sending more resources to support Ukraine. Traditional conservatives say that it's in the country's interest to protect allies. Number two, spending and role of government. Populists are reluctant to make big changes to programs like Social Security and Medicare and say they can grow the country without cutting entitlement spending. Conservative candidates say the U.S. must do whatever it takes to reduce its deficits and debt. And number three, trust in institutions. Populists express distrust in government institutions like state election offices and three-level federal agencies like the FBI, IRS, and CDC. Conservatives share some of this distrust, but do not call for, say, the elimination of the FBI. The highest-ranked candidates don't always fit nearly into the populist or conservative columns. Based on the definition above, though, former President Trump and entrepreneur Ramaswamy sit in the populism corner. Governor Ron DeSantis straddles the line but generally leans towards the same philosophy. Pence and his South Carolinian competitors Governor Nikki Haley and Senator Tim Scott are most often found in the traditional conservative camp. How do Republican voters feel about these issues? Candidate polling is the clearest indicator that populism is winning among voters. Trump, who ushered in a new wave of populism and remains its standard bearer, is enjoying a dominant polling lead. According to the latest national Fox News survey, 60% of GOP primary voters back Trump for the nomination. The only other candidates to receive double-digit support are DeSantis at 13%, Ramaswamy at 11%. Together, support for the populist wing adds up to 84% of the primary voter base. Haley, Pence, and Scott contribute 11% combined, with the rest going to candidates who polled individually at 2% or less. According to the same survey, 60% of Republicans say Trump, DeSantis, or Ramaswamy is their second choice. Majorities also support populist positions in all three of the ideological debates mentioned above. And then they go into the breakdown of those particular areas. Now, why did you bring that up, Dan, and do it the way that you did? There are three sentences in the whole thing I just gave to you about Donald Trump. Three sentences. Three sentences. Now, why would Fox News do that? Is it apparent to you that there may be something going on there? If you put it in the context of what we've together watched happen in the last year, maybe year and a half on Fox News, there has been a not-so-veiled move away from the populist base of Americans 
who largely made Fox dramatically zoom to the top of the heap in the cable news networks. Nobody even came close. In fact, Fox was drawing numbers that two or three of their competitors' numbers combined wouldn't even achieve. Tucker Carlson had by far the largest viewed television news program in decades, ever. But they fired him. Why would they write a story like this when it is so obvious to every one of you I guarantee you, some of you, when you heard me start reading that section from the story, you either said it or you at least thought it. Why, where's Trump in all this? Well, they had to put him in. But they put him in down around sentence 39 or 40 or 50. You know what I'm saying? I would have never thought I would ever say this, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you what's going on. Fox is moving to the left. And you know why? Because people upstairs at Fox, you got to remember the family that owns Fox News, owns the Wall Street Journal. They're not conservative. Well, I mean, the Wall Street Journal is pretty conservative. Fox News is pretty conservative. You know why they, the Murdoch family bought all this? To make money. That's what business is about. That's what capitalism is about. They're not Americans. They're Australians, all of them. You got one of them that is running Fox News now. And so what does he do? He go, he's got to get a board of directors. He's got to have people on the inside. They have so much money pouring in. And Donald Trump, oh my gosh, it was like he built a new bank for Fox News. His four years in office, they made so much money because Donald Trump was in office. And of course, Trump, was their darling. Oh, my gosh. Everybody there oozed over him. But when they brought in one person, one person, Paul Ryan. You remember Paul Ryan? He was the Speaker of the House, Republican from Wisconsin, conservative guy, we all thought. He was House Speaker for Trump's first two years. Remember what Trump could not do? He could not get several of his key initiatives even to be considered in the U.S. House of Representatives, which Paul Ryan controlled. And Ryan got so much heat from the conservative side, the populist side of the Republican Party in his first two years. Not only did he resign as House Speaker, he didn't run for re-election, but he got a gig a high-paying gig. Where? Fox News. Upstairs, where all the policies are made. Wow. I'm telling you, it's happening before your very eyes, and I'm not the only one that sees this. Now, I don't look as good as this person you're about to hear from. I don't have as much hair as this person has. But we share a lot of the same thoughts on a lot of this, all this stuff, including this very topic. The Republicans don't care about the indictments at all. They couldn't care less. They don't believe he did anything wrong. They don't believe he did anything criminal. They think he's only guilty of contesting an election, the same as the Democrats did. And they are 
full steam ahead on Donald Trump. Um, however, there's still the matter of the swing states, the independents, and how do they feel about Trump? Well, the polling's not very good. The, the, they haven't actually been probed so much on exactly whether they're ready to vote for Donald Trump in a general election. But we do know that they don't like Joe Biden. We know they don't like Joe Biden in these swing states. We know that two thirds of Democrats, and you can always add 10 to 15 to 20 percentage points on top of the Dem number for independence, but two thirds of Democrats don't want Joe Biden to be the nominee. They don't think he should be the president for a second term. So this bodes terribly on the Dem sides. That's Megyn Kelly, of course. She was at Fox. She left Fox uh, for some sexual allegations that were made there. She had a nighttime show when O'Reilly was still there. She's got her own show now, and she does a really, really good job. She calls it like it is. She's very conservative. Now, did you listen to the specifics of what she said? Yes, she made it very clear, just as I do here almost daily, Conservatives, in large part, they don't care about all the the allegations against Donald Trump. They've looked. Now, listen, this is important. They've looked, these people that are listening and watching these news stories, they've looked. They're not stupid. They don't leave things that they hear in news up on a shelf. They take it off the shelf and go investigate and get answers about the validity of what is being said for themselves. And they're, in large part, almost all of them are saying, this isn't true. In fact, they go the other way. Every time more allegations come out against the former president, his support goes up. One more time. This is only less than a minute long. Megyn Kelly, and she explains what's going on in conservative world regarding this 2024 election and the presidential candidates who are running. The Republicans don't care about the indictments at all. They couldn't care less. They don't believe he did anything wrong. They don't believe he did anything criminal. They think he's only guilty of contesting an election, the same as the Democrats did. And they are full steam ahead on Donald Trump. Um, However, there's still the matter of the swing states, the independents. And how do they feel about Trump? Well, the polling's not very good. They haven't actually been probed so much on exactly whether they're ready to vote for Donald Trump in a general election. But we do know that they don't like Joe Biden. We know they don't like Joe Biden in these swing states. We know that two thirds of Democrats and you can always add 10 to 15 to 20 percentage points on top of the Dem number for independence. Two thirds of Democrats don't want Joe Biden to be the nominee. They don't think he should be the president for a second term. So this bodes terribly on the Dem sides. Everything she said makes perfect sense. It's just fundamental logic. Think about it. If you're a logical person, you don't let the rubbing, the pontificating, you don't let the smiles and the dressing sharp and being able to say these cool little popular phrases that make you sound like you're enlightened. You don't care about any of that. You want not symbolism. You want substance. And never forget this. All Americans can look over their shoulders and see what life was during eight years of Barack Obama and Joe Biden and four years of Donald Trump. 
and conservatives, on the most part, conservatives look and see all that happened under Trump and it didn't just happen. It was based upon things he implemented and things he did. There's never been a, another political candidate in my lifetime that has been able to do that. Or even if they were able to do it, they chose not to do it. They went the politically expedient way in what they did after they were elected. Yeah, the independents are always out there. They're the ones, in large part, they like to stand back and wait and listen for all the bombs to drop before they make their determination. But if they're even remotely close to conservatism, there's nobody else in this race that has given us a life that indicates they will actually do conservative things if they're elected. And of course, they've got a history that backs that up. Now, where I'm from, we just call this getting the facts, figuring things out, not listening to the pontification, not going for the things that glitter and look good, but go for the things that the people are bringing out that are good. And I think we're headed that way. When we come back, some big news out of Ukraine, that amazing democratic country that we're spending tens of billions of dollars supporting in their war against Russia. They want to be free. They're a free nation. Ukraine stuff up next. Speaking the truth, the left doesn't want you to hear. TNN, the Truth News Network. Great shadow legends. I mean, (laughs) you pick your champions. They're glorious. And their shields... Oh, they glisten like uh, wet otters. But the bad guys, they're Lovecraftian, they're spooky, they're um, um, big. And then you go to battle. And it's like... And finally, your foe is vanquished, and that satisfaction is such a primal feeling. Ooh, Download Raid Shadow Legends. Play for free. Grab an ice-cold can of Celsius and stay active and energized all day. Celsius is better for you energy, made with premium ingredients, zero sugar, and seven essential vitamins, with no high fructose corn syrup, no aspartame, no preservatives, and no artificial colors or flavors. Celsius is just the essential energy you need to keep you fueled and active all day. Celsius, essential energy, live fit. Now find Celsius at Celsius.com or a retailer near you. several years. Our family loved Indianapolis. First time I'd ever been there. It's a great place. It's uh, 1.2 million. It was when we moved there. Great economy. Things in North Louisiana economically weren't going very good. The oil business was down and down bad. And we were up there several years and it was a great respite 
from all of the bad economic news that we'd been living through. By the time we got back here, things were much better, thank God. Been here ever since. Well, let's talk about Ukraine, that bastion of democracy that we're over there investing hard-earned American tax dollars in the billions, tens of billions, to Ukraine to help them get out of the conundrum they find themselves in as Vladimir Putin's Russia has invaded the country. So while lawmakers on Capitol Hill here in D.C. are debating sending billions more in military aid to Ukraine, an American citizen journalist, Gonzalo Lira, Gonzalo is languishing in a Ukrainian prison on allegations of spreading Russian propaganda, throwing into question the status of free speech in this supposed democracy the Biden administration argues is worthy of more of your tax dollars. Biden's asking Congress to approve another $24 billion for Ukraine for now through the end of this year, which would add to the $113 billion that Congress has committed to the country since its war with Russia began in February last year. Yesterday, Biden was at the United Nations. In a speech, he argued investment in Ukraine was an investment in the future of every country that seeks a world governed by basic rules. There's one word that sticks out in that sentence. Ukraine, he said, is an investment in the future of every country that seeks a world governed by basic rules. The word that sticks out to me is the word investment. What is an investment and how is an investment done? What is it? What makes it different from writing a check, paying a bill? Well, investing is money that you, first of all, already have. It may be in some other kind of financial instrument. You may have it on deposit in a savings account. You may have it oh, I don't know, and some certificate of deposit at a bank or whatever, but you have it, it belongs to you, and you decide to take it from the entity in which it sits, in a bank, for instance, and you want to invest it or write a check to some company, some group of people, some not-for-profit or whatever that you decide is a better place for you to have that money sitting. It'll do more good than just sitting in your bank account. That is an investment. Our government, especially Democrats, they call every dime of taxpayer money that they arbitrarily choose to spend on whatever they arbitrarily decide it should be spent on, they call that an investment. You can't borrow money to invest. You can borrow money to roll the dice and gamble, but at the end of the day, you're going to have to pay, and you don't have it right now, or you should use it right now to make, that would make an investment, not borrowing and giving it to somebody. Now, that's part one. Part two of this is, What the heck? Ukraine is supposedly, we're told it's a democracy, a very successful, one of the only ones left in Eastern Europe. And they're 
putting a journalist, a citizen, an American citizen journalist, Gonzalo Lira, in a prison for spreading Russian propaganda? Think about that. The administration has been much less vocal about Ukraine potentially violating the rights of an American journalist who's currently in their jail for his reporting than Biden was yesterday before the United Nations. His speech yesterday at the UN almost entirely devoted to Ukraine. The status of Gonzalo Lira wasn't mentioned once by Biden. Now, who is this guy, Gonzalo Lira? He's a dual citizen of the U.S. and Chile who was living in the Ukrainian city of Kharkiv at the time of the invasion by Russia and is reportedly facing between five and eight years in prison under Ukraine's wartime propaganda laws. So this American citizen journalist was initially arrested in May of this year on suspicion of producing pro-Russian propaganda on his YouTube channel, where he questioned the narratives around the war presented in the legacy media and from the Zelensky government, including suggesting that Moscow was provoked into invading by the Ukrainian government and the expansion east of the American-led NATO military alliance. In July this year, Lyra posted messages on Twitter and YouTube claiming that he was going to try to cross the Ukrainian border into Hungary to claim asylum after being released from prison on bail. He's not posted on either platform since. In his final video message, Lyra claimed that if he did not post after his attempt to cross the border, it would mean he'd been arrested again by the Ukrainian authorities. He said that in such an event, he would die in prison and beg the public to raise a ruckus about his arrest. The former Red Pill-style dating coach turned citizen journalist has maintained that he merely talked about publicly available information about the war. Here's a quote from Lyra. The American State Department knows exactly who I am and the fate that awaits me. He said that before attempting to cross the border into Hungary. According to a copy of the apparent charges, the Ukrainian government alleged that Lyra had a criminal intent aimed at the manufactured distribution materials containing justification, recognition as legitimate, denial of the armed aggression of the Russian Federalist against Ukraine, which began in 2014, as well as justification, recognition as legitimate of the temporary occupation of part of Ukraine territory. From the charge sheet posted by Lyra, it contains zero mention of him ever working for the Russian government in any capacity, nor does it lay out any other criminal acts other than statements he made on social media. The charges against me are just because of my opinion about this conflict. I did no harm to anyone, he said. He's a citizen journalist, remember that. He's also said he had suffered violent abuse from other prisoners during his initial time in prison, making claims which haven't been verified 
that the prison guards outsource torture to other inmates. Lira said that he believes the Chilean embassy did more to protect his welfare than the U.S. State Department. He added he believes the American government does not have an interest in his case because, quote, I'm not a black lesbian druggie or a transgender grifter. Besides, Victoria Newland hates my guts, or so I'm told. A State Department spokesperson issued a statement on Tuesday. We are aware of the detention of Mr. Lira in Ukraine. Notice detention is the word they used. He's in prison. Slight difference from detention. We take our role, they said, in assisting U.S. citizens abroad seriously and are providing all appropriate assistance. We are monitoring the situation, but have no further comment at this time. We reiterate our message that U.S. citizens should not travel to Ukraine due to the active armed conflict. His case, Lyra's case, is coming to focus after apparent Ukrainian military spokesperson Sarah Ashton Cirillo claimed last week to have given testimony against Lyra, which claimed to have met with him personally. Ashton Cirillo asserted that he was in good physical and mental health during their meeting. The transgender spokesperson has come under criticism from U.S. Senator J.D. Vance after declaring on social media that Russian propagandists would be hunted down by the Ukrainian government. Vance has written to the Biden administration questioning if the White House is aware of any plans from the Zelensky government to wage violent attacks on people exercising their right to free speech. Ashton Cirillo, meanwhile, has asserted that Ukraine respects freedom of speech, but caveated by declaring that those who spread supposed Russian propaganda cannot claim to be journalists and therefore will face imprisonment. This whole thing I just gave to you on this story pointed to that last sentence. Last sentence. Ashton Cirillo, meanwhile, and this is the quote, has asserted that Ukraine respects freedom of speech, but caveated by declaring that those who spread supposed Russian propaganda cannot claim to be journalists, and therefore will face imprisonment. In other words, here's what old Uncle Joe has done. He left about $85 billion worth of military hardware and equipments at that air base, Bagram Air Base in Afghanistan, turned around and walked away from it. Much of that military equipment has been used by the Afghanis to kill Americans, to kill people, free people, not people that are bad people, not criminals, just people that they don't like. You need a specific example? Those 12 military members of the U.S. military that were killed in that suicide bomber's bomb at Abbey Gate at the airport in Afghanistan. The explosives in that vest came from that air base. That's been proven to be factual. All that's okay. 
Why? Because the Biden administration decided to do it that way. In addition, there have been, we don't know how many, but dozens of Americans and our allies that for years worked in Afghanistan for the American government. Many of them were spies, translators, or whatever. Those are all people that Joe Biden guaranteed if and when the United States military pulled out of Afghanistan before we left, those people would all come with them. He lied. He welched on his commitment. There are still hundreds there hiding for their lives. All of that is coming from the leader of the freest country on the planet in world history. And we take pride. Joe Biden spouts it all the time. We are First Amendment people. Everybody has the right to speak their mind. Well, maybe. Maybe, uh, maybe Lyra doesn't have the same rights as Hunter Biden, as Joe Biden. This whole story speaks a little bit about what we are really living in. And it's not nearly the freest country on the planet that it used to be. That First Amendment thing, don't you dare get caught saying anything negative about your government because they'll come after you. Look at, open the show today, 1,100 plus people arrested by the Biden administration's Department of Justice. I can promise you this, almost all of those 1,100 never committed one single act of violence. They just went to their country's capital that they technically, according to the law, actually own because taxpayers own Washington, D.C., and every building in it, every square inch in it. And they went up there to see the transition of power. Yeah, some of them made a mistake. Many of them entered the Capitol and they thought that they were okay being there. We showed you on TNN Live, we showed you multiple examples of Capitol Police pulling back barriers that had been up to keep people out of the Capitol and heard those Capitol Police wave those people that were there, some of the, which number under those 1,100 facing trial for just doing it. What's that all about? Doesn't that sound a little bit like totalitarianism, authoritarianism? That kind of stuff doesn't happen in a free nation, but it's happening in your country, in my country. Wow. This kind of stuff can't stand. We've got to take our nation back. We've got to take our government back. Am I talking about insurrection? No, I'm talking about at the ballot box. We need to be very careful about what lever we pull, who we fill out, or what check mark you make on your ballot. We've got to be very careful because if we don't restore the rule of law here by electing people that are a little bit different thinking than these people are, including the guy that's sitting before right now the House Judiciary Committee in Washington, D.C., testifying, Attorney General Merrick Garland, that's being called on the carpet for his things that he said 
that turn out to be disputed by people that actually work for him. And I'm not talking about one or two things. I'm talking about dozens and dozens of things, many of which are in direct disagreement with the rights provided to us that we've always maintained since you and I have been alive. Our government has maintained them for us. The right to free speech. You think the same thing's happening in Ukraine? You think this guy's in prison just because he spoke his mind? You know what? I think that's why he's there. Little Caesar's Thin Crust Pizza is so loaded with cheese and pepperoni you can't even see the crust. And if you ever want to see it again, listen very carefully. Bring six forty nine in unmarked bills or marked bills or coins or just a credit or debit card to Little Caesar's. Come alone and bring your friends or family. Bring everyone. Get a Little Caesar's Large Thin Crust Pizza with extra cheese and the most pepperoni, all at the nation's best price of just six forty nine. Pizza, pizza. Top four national pizza chains. Extra most bestest thin crust pepperoni pizza versus large round one topping thin crust pepperoni pizza. Everyday standard menu prices. At participating locations plus. friend of mine said he wanted to talk to me about my Volvo. I told him, thank you, that's between me and my gynecologist. He said, no, no, your car, your Volvo 850 Turbo Sports Wagon. I said, oh, that. Nope, you can't drive it. Oh, I love my Volvo. Sure, it's safe, but gee, just because driving on the freeways of Southern California is the equivalent of playing bumper cars at the speed of light, what kind of reason is that? Volvos are still ultra-luxury imports, sleek and gorgeous and loaded to hear, safe and sexy, and pardon me, I have to go hug my car now. Want safe and sexy? Viva la Volvo. Test drive a Volvo 850 at your Southern California Volvo dealer. Since when is safe sexy, another friend asked. Hey, I said, what decade are you living in? Computer, execute 12.4p operation. Optimizing algorithm. Running encryption packet alpha. Night, night. Oh, I don't feel so good. What? What is it, computer? Is it hot in here? It feels hot in here? I feel a little clammy. I should lie down or something. A computer with a virus? Surprising. What's not surprising? How much you could save by switching to GEICO. Those oysters Rockefeller were a mistake. GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Out for some lays and you face a test. Which tasty chip will be the best? Sour cream and onion, smoky barbecue. Cheddar, sour cream, salt, and vinegar, too. You sample them all because the crisp is so good on your lips. Yeah. You left your wallet at home, but now you have a new best friend. The many flavors of Lay's chips. One taste and you're in love. No identity politics, no political elitism. Read and hear the truth, always sourced from facts. Real truth, real news, TNN, the Truth News Network. One of those bastions of media input giving us information coming out of Washington, D.C., coming out of, used to be the Pentagon, now coming out of the White House as National Security Advisors, um, spokesperson, I guess, it would be Admiral John Kirby. Yesterday, John found himself in the bullseye of Martha McCallum of Fox News. Martha told White House National Security spokesperson John Kirby that President Biden is failing in regards to the U.S.-Mexico border crisis. 
Now, let me just say this. That doesn't put any spokesperson for this administration, doesn't put you in a good spot. It really doesn't because we all know what Kirby's expected to do as a spokesperson for the president is to totally prove McAllen's wrong. <laughs> we all know Joe Biden is failing in regards to the U.S.-Mexico border crisis and a bunch of other things. Martha said although Biden gave a speech to the U.N. yesterday, he didn't meet with leaders from countries directly connected to the border crisis like, you know, Mexico or Guatemala who were all there at the United Nations or even talk about the unprecedented number of illegals crossing the border. Border officials have encountered, just so you know, over 2 million illegal migrants this year as of July. How is this something that he doesn't address when he's in New York City where there's a crisis unfolding less than a mile away from where he's speaking? That's McCallum asking Admiral Kirby. Well, Martha, he did an address that challenges the regional migration in the speech. He talked about the Los Angeles Declaration for Migration and Support for Migrants. He knows And he addressed it again in the remarks that this is a regional thing. You're not wrong. I mean, there are more people on the move in this hemisphere now that we've been since World War II. And you're absolutely right. As weather cools down and conditions get a little better. And she interrupted him saying, you're blaming climate change for the reason that people are coming? No, 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 Kirby said. I'm talking about just the weather conditions as we head into fall. It's just easier to be on the move. Kirby called on Congress. I know you're not going to believe this. I mean, you can't believe this government thinks we ought to spend a nickel more than we're spending. Well, guess what? Kirby called on Congress to allocate $4 billion toward border security and touted how the administration handed both New York City and the state of New York $140 million during the 2023 fiscal year to tackle the crisis. Now, let's put that little two sentences in perspective. Kirby says the Biden administration, Joe Biden, wants Congress to give them $4 billion more. And the reason we need to do that is because both New York City and the state of New York have already been paid $140 million during the 2023 fiscal year to help them tackle the crisis. Okay, where did the $140 million come from? It came from you and me, every dime of it. The $4 billion he wants now, I don't think he's going to get it in this Congress. I don't see any way he's going to get it. But if, if he gets it all or more, Every dime of it comes from you and me. Every dime of it is for cleaning up one person's mess. One person. Now, that person has a bunch of co-conspirators in this deal with them, but it's all this person's fault and is this person's 100% responsibility and everything he's done in this is illegal. President Joe Biden, oath of office, support the rule of law, support the Constitution, 
defend the Constitution, protect the nation against its enemies, foreign and domestic. Joe Biden was a U.S. senator when our current federal immigration laws were pinned. He supported them. He voted for them. And now he refuses to enforce them and expects every American to pay out hundreds of billions of dollars to support his attempt. And it's his alone now. He's the only one that has authority to invest. Well, it's really not investment as we talked about earlier, but to spend taxpayer dollars to build or try, this is nothing more than an effort to build a permanent Democrat Party majority in the United States to facilitate their prayers that they can control this government in perpetuity. McCallum questioned why Biden didn't call on Mexico or Guatemala or both on Tuesday to stop the flow of illegals in their own countries to prevent them from getting to the United States. So why doesn't the president address this, she asked. It's a very urgent need in this country while he's talking to the U.N., Really missed opportunity today, right? No, no, no. I mean, he's absolutely addressed this. He doesn't talk about it, John. McCallum responded. He never talks about it. Kirby argued Biden has addressed the crisis with these leaders. How so? He traveled to Mexico City a few months back and at two summits for democracy. Kirby cited famine, drought, and other difficult conditions as the reason The migrants are on the move in record numbers. But 89% of these people don't have legitimate asylum claims, McCallum said, which is why he has worked so hard in the region to develop those centers around several countries where people can apply for legal pathways to come in, Kirby said. That's great. It's not working, McCallum said. And it's why we bolstered as much as we can. We bolstered security at the border to try to deter illegal immigration, Kirby said. It's not even immigration. It is illegal. None of it's immigration. Immigration means you you abide by the process invented and put in place by the United States Congress, enforced for generations by whoever sits in the White House, and it is a process, immigration is, where people go into the process voluntarily to immigrate legally into the United States, doing it, dotting I's and crossing T's. That's immigration. Every one of these people stepping across our border are here illegal. And by definition of federal law, They are illegal aliens by law. Joe Biden doesn't hold any of them accountable, even those that commit heinous crimes. Nobody talks any longer about the data, the data that documents what illegal actions have been taken against Americans and other illegals by some of these people, many of these people. They don't talk about sex trafficking of young children. They don't talk, which is rampant. Everybody at the southern border knows it. Everybody in the White House knows it. Jill Biden, who 
puts herself out to be the champion of America's youth, she must then be looking at these people coming in with these children from all across Central and South America and even from other places on the planet that millions have come over. We don't know how many have come over, but every one of them, almost without exception, have come over and they've been They've been brought over for the sole purpose of selling them on the open marketplace. That's not proven, Dan. Yes, it is. You want to accept it? Fine. If you don't, that's up to you. But it's facts. At this particular time in this conversation Martha had with Kirby, the migrant crisis has overwhelmed New York City. Eric Adams, the mayor, is calling on Biden to do more to address the problem. New York City has spent over a billion five hundred million dollars this year on the migrant crisis alone, leading the city to slash funding for the police department, NYPD, and the fire department. New York City takes on over ten thousand migrants every month, projected to spend twelve billion dollars over the next three years to build shelters and the necessity for the migrants today, today, right now, today. In New York City, people are going crazy. Joe Biden, by the way, has been in New York. This is his third day. He went up there to speak to the United Nations, have meetings and all those kinds of things. He called Eric Adams and they had lunch together, then had dinner together. They've talked through all of this. I'm lying. He hadn't spoken to the mayor of New York, has made no attempt to even go look at these illegal aliens and what they're doing, where they're being kept to New York City and the other boroughs in Manhattan. He's made no attempt. He has no idea what's going on. There was almost a riot yesterday about this very thing. (laughs) Democrats think that this is all okay. Maybe, and I try to come up with an explanation. I try to understand. I'm not very good when I look at circumstances and I know when I look at the circumstances what's involved and then I find out people are just ignoring that. They don't care. They're just doing exactly what they want, total abandonment to what's right, total forgive, not even thinking about forgetting, not even thinking about what the law says about all this and just doing what they want. And it doesn't matter who pays the price. Taxpayers pay the price. That's what taxpayers are down there supposed to do. I'm Joe Biden. I'm the one that decides what we're going to do. Not you, not anybody else. Just Joe Biden. Let's move on to some other stuff. And by the way, no bombs dropped yet in Merrick Garland's testimony before the House Judiciary Committee. We're watching. We're keeping up with it, and we'll have it. If we don't have it before the show ends, we'll have whatever's there for you for tomorrow. We're actually recording it, and we'll pull out if there are any big things in testimony. We'll pull those out for you. Other news, nearly three months after Delphi murder suspect Richard Allen allegedly confessed to killing two girls 
at the center of the double homicide case and recorded jailhouse calls. His defense team is claiming the girls' deaths were part of, listen to this, a ritualistic sacrifice that were performed by members of a pagan cult. Authorities arrested, this is the United States of America, by the way, just pointing that out. Authorities arrested Allen, a 50-year-old father and CVS employee, in October last year in the Valentine's Day 2017 killings of Liberty German, age 14, Abigail Williams, age 13, who disappeared from a popular trail in Delphi, Indiana, the day before Valentine's Day, February 13, 2017, before they turned up dead in the woods the next day. 2017, here we are six years later. Overwhelming evidence in this case supports the following. Members of a pagan Norse religion called Odinism, hijacked by white nationalists, ritualistically sacrificed Abigail Williams and Liberty German. Allen's attorneys Andrew Baldwin and Bradley Rossi said in a 136-page memo. It was filed Monday in support of a Franks hearing or a court proceeding in which a judge must determine whether a law enforcement officer lied in an effort to obtain a search warrant. The lengthy memo details a new narrative to the public in the Delphi murders case. Until Monday, the public only knew of allegations against Allen and other potential suspects that had been previously tied up in the case before they were ruled out. Allen has admitted that he committed the offenses that he's charged with no less than five times while talking to his wife and his mother on the public jail phones available at the Indiana Department of Corrections. Now, that was written by prosecutors in a June filing. The defense said the evidence backing the details in their memo was found scattered over no less than 10 hard drives and several flash drives provided by the uh, the prosecution, meaning that the defense is not making wild allegations, but rather primarily relaying facts and information that's backed up by the prosecutor's own discovery, even discovery that the prosecution just provided to the defense as late as September, September 8th of this year. That was 12 days ago. This has been going on that long. Ein Kane and attorney Kevin Greenlee, who co-hosts the Murder Street podcast, they've been closely covering the Delphi murder case. They said Monday's filing is an effort by Allen's defense team to prove his innocence in the case and to get the original search warrant filed against Allen thrown out. They're saying, no, he's completely innocent, and it was actually a cult of Odinist who committed the crimes. We're also seeing some strategic moves being made by them to try to get certain evidence suppressed so that they can have a better chance in the trial. The one thing that lit me up when I heard about this story was the cult accusations. Allen's attorneys, in their accusations, allegations, they go on to name five Indiana men who they say should be considered suspects in the Delphi murders. Baldwin and Rossi tied one of the men to the murders due to his social media post, which they say appear to replicate details of the crime scene that have not been revealed in the public. They also say his son dated Abby. 
The defense claims one of the men admitted to his sister he murdered the two girls and that another man drunkenly admitted to killing them. They included the other two men in the group of possible suspects because their ties to the other three. The defense also claims that all five men are part of the Odinist cult that allegedly plotted to kill Libby and Abby. The court will learn in the body of this memo that Holder was connected to the crimes, the crime scene, and to the other men who have confessed to the crime. The evidence of those connections will be provided in the body of the memo, including copies of their images found on Holder's Facebook page at the time of the investigation, which link Holder to the crime scene. This is really bizarre, in my opinion. Seldom do you see anything like this drag on this long, especially in a in a pretty progressive area where there's good law enforcement and people are out there and it's not a big Delphi's not a big place. It's small enough to where you would think everybody knows everything about everybody. So there are a lot of people out there, and especially if there's some cult involved. A cult in Delphi? I promise you, everybody in town knows everything about it and everybody that has anything to do with it. Where are the facts? Where's the evidence being presented by people who really know what happened up there? We'll keep you posted on what we hear going down the line. A guest on Fox News has said that Republicans in the Senate have not reacted to the threat of a climate emergency declaration from President Joe Biden. A climate emergency declaration. Biden administration officials, they considered a climate emergency initiative in July of 2022. That's according to some emails that were released during a FOIA request from energy policy advocates. FOIA means Freedom of Information Act. Left-wing Democrats called on Biden to declare such a climate emergency in June, citing wildfires in Canada that caused smoke to drift into the eastern U.S. If I was a senator, I would be burning the place down, making the point that the Biden administration is trying to destroy the country through climate policy. But Republicans don't seem to be too exercised about it says Steve Malloy of JunkScience.com. He was talking to Fox News' Laura Ingram. Biden canceled oil leases in Alaska, granted late in the Trump administration, according to CBS, while proposing new regulations to limit energy production. Illegally, by the way. Those oil leases were given, marketed, sold legally. And he's just pulling them back on his own. He considered declaring a climate emergency in 2022, but he didn't do it. The most significant thing was the message of all the protesters in the streets of New York City that were urging Joe Biden to declare a national climate emergency. Now, that just sounds like a slogan, but there's really teeth behind it. That's from Mark Morano talking to Laura Ingram. COVID emergency declaration made the climate activists jealous. We had a teen Vogue activist named Jamie Margulis say, if we can shut down the world for a virus, we can do the same thing for climate. That's exactly what they want to do. 
So the Center for Biological Diversity, that group has estimated that Joe will get 130 new executive powers by which to bypass democracy if this climate emergency declaration goes through. They will be able to literally have no vote in Congress to impose this agenda on us just like COVID. Remember those two years? <laughs> they weren't very fun. Did you, did you hear any of Joe Biden's speech to the United Nations yesterday? I tried my darndest to listen. But all he was doing was reading from the transponder. And I found myself just sitting there listening to what he said, watching him say it. And I wasn't really paying attention to the content. I was just kind of praying, let him get through it, God. Let him get through it. We don't want him to embarrass us in front of the world. I'm serious. I thought that. In his speech before the UN, Joe Biden reaffirmed his selling out the United States in furtherance of plain old-fashioned globalism as the largest single country donor. That's who we are. That's who he wants to be all at the taxpayer's expense. He continued to promote his America last policies on the world stage as he fell in lockstep with the doomsaying gathering on climate alarmism, along with re-upping a blank check commitment to the unofficial 51st of Ukraine, matching the same green agenda talking points of Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky, Biden promised billions in aid to be sent around the world while continuing to neglect domestic crises that are rising in number. And as we work together to recover from global shocks, the United States will also continue to be the largest single community donor, country donor, of humanitarian assistance at this moment of unparalleled need in the world, he affirmed. Yeah, we can go borrow some more money. And so we can have it to pay our bills because we're sending all of our taxpayer money to these other countries. According to Statista, the United States had donated more than $12.3 billion in humanitarian aid in 2022, with the next nearest donor being Germany at just over $3 billion. Those numbers didn't take into consideration the tens of billions contributed to Ukrainian defense, as Biden also promised more spending on that front. In support of turning out the pockets of America to the world, the president painted a picture of climate catastrophe as he connected disparate events to one cause that required nothing less than fealty to the climate cult. We see it everywhere. Record-breaking heat waves in the United States and China, wildfires ravaging North America and Southern Europe, a fifth year of drought in the Horn of Africa, tragic, tragic flooding in Libya. My heart goes out to the people of Libya. It's killed thousands, thousands of people. Together, these snapshots, Biden said, show an urgent story of what awaits us if we fail to reduce our dependence on fossil fuels and begin to climate-proof the world. I'll just go back. I'll go back to the 
those scientists that John Kerry claims are they all science, all every scientist on earth verifies climate change is real. Climate change is real, and it's going to destroy Earth. Every one of them agrees with me, which is nowhere near facts. For every one such scientist that says that, I'll find and point to one that says it's a lie. But even if it's not a lie, John Kerry, in a story we carried weeks ago, he finally got busted. He was asked, didn't you, sir, on such and such a date, didn't you say that it didn't matter how much money we spent talking about the United States of America. All the money we could amass and spend on the world to reduce carbon emissions, to get rid of pollution, could we spend enough to stop climate change? And he sheepishly said, no, we can't do it. It's going to take China and India to lead the pack before that's even a remote possibility. And then you have the CEO of America standing in front of the United Nations and bragging about, hey, 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 we're going to spend this amount of money. We're going to do this. We, the United States of America, we're going to make climate change be a picture in the past. It's only going to be in the rearview mirror of Americans. Why? Because we're the greatest country in the planet and we know how to do stuff like this. We've been doing it since I was a boy up in Pennsylvania. Pap told me, Joe, you got to make the world clean. And then he said, I know we can do it and we are going to do it. Why? Because I'm Joe Biden. Now more than ever, you need the truth. Real news. Real truth. TNN. The Truth News Network. What is Coca-Cola? Is it an excuse to get together? Since 1886, Coca-Cola has been passing on smiles from generation to generation. We've been giving kids scholarships. Like the early birds and the all-nighters. And you get to enjoy what matters most. Coca-Cola. Drink up. Dear Daddy. Dear Mom. I love you. I miss you. Every year, Snowball Express honors the children of fallen soldiers. Hi, everybody. I'm Tony Orlando. Join me in proudly supporting Snowball Express, a nonprofit that creates opportunities to help heal the children of our fallen heroes. We can never repay the sacrifice our soldiers have made, but we can honor them by giving back to their children. Donate now at snowballexpress.org. So here's what we have got to do. We've got to stop COVID-19. We've got to do to it exactly what we have to do to climate change. We've got to take every precaution that we can to stop climate change, to stop COVID-19 and any other infectious disease that would ever show its ugly head in the United States. And we have all of those 
experts out there that are telling us and showing us exactly what to do. We're following their instructions, and it's saving tens of millions of lives. Well, none of that that I just said is the truth, and I think everybody understands it. We're not changing climate change. We're not changing the climates. Even that term, climate change, is an oxymoron. It doesn't make any sense. Men can't change the climate. Now, we can change our pollution, which we should. And by the way, United States is the only country since every year this uh, century our carbon emissions have gone down compared to every other country on Earth. So we're doing a good job there, but not according to um, these uh, insane people <laughs> that come out there and claim to have all the knowledge about everything. Look at COVID world. Everything, the so-called I am science, Anthony Fauci, everything he told us, everything he told us, as it turns out, Another story would come out later that he would bring to the press conferences himself and say, you know what, he never said he was wrong. He was saying there are some things that have happened out there that have indicated this. And because we don't know all the facts, we need to dig in. We need to keep testing. We need to do this and we need to do that to get to the bottom of it. But until then, just keep on doing what we're telling us. It was all lies. But never fear, you're safe now because yesterday the FDA approved a brand new COVID-19 vaccination for everybody, men, women, and children. And if you don't take it, you're going to die. And if you do, you're going to be safe. Why? Because we say so. That's coming from the FDA. Want some facts? Listen closely to Dr. Kelly Victory. The FDA just approved a new set of COVID-19 vaccine boosters. Here to talk more about those, our emergency medicine and disaster specialist doctor, Dr. Kelly Victory. Dr. Victory, long time no chat. How are you, my friend? I am well. Thanks for having me, Paul. All right. So new boosters for young and old. Your, your thoughts, please. Well, I am really flabbergasted, Paul, that the FDA has approved these brand new boosters, uh, for one thing. To be clear, these boosters were tested on a total of 10 mice, not a single human. 10 mice were given this new vaccine, and they were compared to 10 mice that got the previous booster. This new one is a monovalent one. It is based solely on the XBB variant of Omicron, uh, but it was not tested on a single human being, and the mice were only tested for a very short period. So I have grave concerns about the safety uh, and certainly the efficacy of these new shots. Furthermore, to be clear, this is not FDA approved. It is being made available only under the emergency use authorization. You really have to ask yourself what emergency we are still in since the pandemic, even according to President Biden, uh, ended now coming up on two years ago. Um, the, the bigger issue, I think, truly, though, is that my goal is not to convince an individual not to get one of these vaccines, but more to educate people about how they ought to 
analyze and decision make about any particular therapeutic. So I look at vaccines the same way I look at any medical intervention, whether it's an antibiotic or a surgical intervention or a vaccine. And that's, I look at it as a three-legged stool where the legs of that stool are safety, efficacy, and necessity. So we take that first leg, safety, as I said, these vaccines have been woefully uh, under under tested. We have nowhere near the kind of time that we need to know about the safety profile. They weren't tested on human beings. And as you know, we have a, a worrisome number of significant adverse events that are likely associated with vaccines. So that's leg number one. Number two, efficacy. These vaccines, unfortunately, have failed to do the things we were promised they would do. They don't stop people from contracting COVID. They don't stop you from transmitting it to others. And they really haven't shown to decrease hospitalizations. So efficacy is inadequate. And then thirdly, the third leg, necessity, I would argue, do we really need to compel people to take an experimental under-tested, uh, likely ineffective brand new shot for a virus, the symptoms of which are very, very mild. The good news about COVID is that it has mutated to a level where it causes very mild symptoms. It has become more contagious as viruses do when they mutate, but at the same time, it has become less lethal. The current symptoms uh, of COVID are very mild, akin to a common cold, stuffy nose, scratchy throat. Uh, people are not being hospitalized with it, and they certainly are not dying from it. So, and the FDA, who, what age group are they, are they pushing these, clearing these boosters for? Is this for young people, old people, anybody? Anybody. They are recommending these. They are pushing these now for as young as six months old. Well, isn't that ridiculous? It's absolutely ridiculous. And and again, this monovalent booster that has just been released uh, under the emergency use authorization is based on the XBB variant of Omicron. That currently constitutes less than 4% of all the cases. In other words, XBB is almost extinct already. And this really speaks to the point, Paul, that I've mentioned in the past there's a reason we have never been able to create a safe and effective vaccine for coronaviruses. They mutate too quickly. That spike protein uh, on the original Wuhan strain was gone long before they ever created the first vaccine. XBB currently represents less than 4% of all the cases. In other words, this booster has a 96% chance of failing because it's in all right. likelihood, that's not the variant you're going to have by the time you finally get the booster. Uh, alongside these boosters that are coming out with the, I, you know, people are getting their flu shots now or probably already have. There's this RSV vaccine for this respiratory virus that's also uh, alongside these other shots now for super young, super old. I, I was a little taken back at my pharmacy. They, they thought I was in the age group that actually should get an RSV. <laughs> But be, I, I know you tell me the effectiveness, the effectiveness of that shot. Well, respiratory syncytial virus, RSV, can pose a significant risk to very, very young infants and occasionally in the elderly. 
it is not a significant risk to the vast majority of the population. It's been around for a long time, uh, it, and most people sail right through it. I think we've gotten a little vaccine happy, uh, the FDA has. They are over, in my estimation, over-vaccinating people. Uh, the human immune system is the last great frontier of medicine. It doesn't always respond in the way that we think it's going to. So the idea of vaccinating people, you know, over and over again in rapid succession for every single uh, pathogen under the sun, I think is unwise. We are able, we have a very strong immune system if we will just rely on it and fight off the vast majority of these things on our own. It produces a stronger immune system overall. And unless someone is at really significant risk for a poor outcome from something, I think it is unwise to suggest that everybody needs an RSV shot in the same way that everybody doesn't need an influenza shot. I don't want to get the flu and spend eight or 10 days sick in bed, but I know if I do get it, I will be able to manage it. And I don't personally want to take the risks that are associated with another vaccine. Dr. Kelly Victory, thank you for making time for us. Have a good rest of your day. Can Thanks you, for having me, Paul. Can you imagine the insanity of this? Three mice? I don't care if it was dozens of mice that it was tested on. It's not good enough for me unless we have human trials. Just saying. That is tradition. That's the way medicine is supposed to happen in the United States of America. And it isn't right now. It's a wrap on the show today. Thank you for being here. Thank you for joining us. We're, we're here every morning, Monday through Friday from 9 to 11 a.m. And we'll be back with you with much, much more tomorrow at TNN Live. Have a great, great Wednesday. So long, everybody.